0: Uh, so I'm just going to uh, pray quickly. Lord, I stand, I stand here before you, uh, a sinful and broken man, Lord. I, I just acknowledge your lordship of my life. I acknowledge your sovereignty of this time. I give you this time, Lord. You are the Lord of all. Any wisdom I have, any strength I have, anything I've accomplished or done comes fully from you. And I pray that you would flow through me and be with me today. Amen. Amen. So actually, what I'm going to talk a little bit about today is less about finances. Uh, it's more about, um, as the slides say, ministering in the marketplace, what that means for a Christian. And um, I think I might be uniquely qualified to uh, to discuss this. And I'm, I've never shared my testimony in this setting, so um, I'm glad you had all the nice words. Noah, you might want to disown me later, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to share a little bit about how I entered the marketplace because I think it's um, it is a little unique. So I grew up in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, or Worcester, as uh, as we call it. Um, uh, the son of a of a firefighter, uh, very blue collar family. My my mother is kind of borderline socialist, and uh, we we've uh, uh, around lots of military people in my family. A real sense of authority, um, or um, uh, respect for authority. Uh, growing up in a real blue-collar environment, I was a first-generation college student. Uh, not a lot of white-collar anything anywhere in my extended family. In fact, um, I keep, uh, now that I'm, I work for a Wall Street firm now, now that I, um, as these people protest and circle, my mother keeps posting these Facebook posts. Um, I keep saying, that's me. <laughs> that's me She's talking. They're, they're, they're talking about. So all this... Um, just by way to say that you know i was in a real blue collar environment um the one thing i was really really passionate about as a kid was the sport i played which was hockey and that was something that was really the passion of my life and um i i was very fortunate to play in an area where it was really good hockey here is really good and um was pretty good at it and this really opened some doors for me so fast forward uh comes college time and uh uh I'm recruited uh, to go to a college, big thing for my family, a good one too, a little school up in Maine called Bowdoin College, and um, I go up there and I play play hockey for four years, have a great time. I had some pretty profound experiences with God as a little boy, but I didn't didn't meet my first Protestant until I was in college. In fact, I was kind of fascinated by them, I used to go to the library and read books about them. I'm like, so I, I like, you know, we're all the Huguenots. You know, these people don't exist anymore. But um, it, it was, uh, it was, um, you know, I really sort of wasn't walking with, with the Lord, uh, living the classic college life, right? Playing my sport, doing my thing. And if he would ask me how to identify myself, I'd say I was a hockey player. Grad, uh, leaving college, um, really started to, um, you know, kind of go down the, the skid. Uh, wasn't really uh, found. Uh, wasn't really locked into anything. No real foundation. Was this thing hockey? Was my identity? I didn't really have one beyond that. I graduated from college with a degree in foreign policy. So, um, important to note, I did not take a single college course, not one, that would have any legitimate business application whatsoever. Not one. Um, graduated with a degree in foreign policy. What do you, what do, you do with that? Bounce around, um, doing all kinds of bad things, end up actually playing hockey in Europe for a little while, and um, you know, I'm, I think actually if I hadn't, if God hadn't intervened in my life, um, you wouldn't be here and I'd probably be dead. I mean, I was really um, in a pretty uh, bad bad state. I meet my wife. Uh, we're working at a law firm, of all places, and uh, through a series of, of events, um, I have this radical encounter with God. Just, um, uh, and it was a particular attribute of God. I know people have heard, you've heard this word, and uh, the fear of the Lord. Everyone know what that is? I know, um, I've experienced it, okay? And I can tell you, and it's really, all it is is it's, it's understanding who he is and who you are. It so blew my doors off. In fact, the night that it happened to me, I was with my wife down in her apartment in Situate, that I had to, uh, I drove home to my place in Canton, and I actually drove home, in the breakdown lane with my hazards on, up 128, because I was afraid something might happen to me. The following Monday, I reach out to her pastor uh, at the vineyard in Framingham, and I say, I need to see you. Okay, let's make it, like now. (laughs) I meet him, he has lunch with me. I have a yellow pad, legal pad, of everything I think I've done wrong ever. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, okay, we got to deal with this. we got to deal with this right now. I mean, like, what do I do? You know, what do I do? How do I how do I, you know, how do I, how am I saved? And so uh, that sort of is where I'm, um, I kind of kick off my journey into the, market, uh, the marketplace. At the same, you know, I remember Kathy was, uh, we had had some real conflict because we were very unequally yoked, very unequally yoked. And so I'm sitting, um, I go to the, vi- the vineyard meets in a, uh, in a, we used to meet in a movie theater. And I remember, you know, it's kind of a, It's kind of a mellow crowd, you know, a guy's strumming his guitar at the end of the service. I'm in there for the first week after all this happens, and he's like, Hey, does anyone feel like someone's got something they need to sort of get off their chest? You know, I think... um, So Kathy's wondering if I'm sort of... This is really taken, if if I'm really all in. And uh, I stand up in the back row of the movie theater, and I start shouting out a litany of relatively unflattering things about myself. And uh, I think, and then you know, she's like, "Thank goodness the children aren't in here." Could someone, could someone go and and, uh, and uh, get with that nut job up in the corner? And uh, that's you know, I'm I am so in a place with God at this point that I remember going like to a, a vending machine. It was like Coke, Diet Coke. I'm like, which one? Which one? You know. Um, so I'm I am really on a very 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 tight leash. Okay, I'm also entering into the workplace, as I mentioned before, exquisitely unqualified to do anything. And uh, that's kind of my perspective. What I, what, I, what I really was walking into was just a, I had a, you know, I just believed that God would, you know, lead for me. He would take care, take care of things for me. And actually this morning's a great example. All the opportunities he's given me to trust, uh, trust him. I don't have any notes. Um, I had lots of notes. Um, I got here this morning and uh, they weren't in my bag. Um, so then I went downstairs and uh, tried to print them out in the business center, and after the third time that the computer froze on me, I was like, "All right, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go this way." So that, that's um, that's how I entered the workforce. That's that is, and and what I've what I've seen is this through this journey is that my view on what was going to happen has always been colored by this real. Reliance on God to lead, right? So I, I'm just I, where I am today. I'm just. I'm, I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, but just today, it's 25 years later. I'm the um, I'm the global head of marketing for one of the largest financial services firms in the world. Okay, I didn't take a single finance course. I've never taken a marketing course. I had no grid for any of this, and I can tell you that God has led every step of the way. And through that time, I've learned um, a fair amount of things, um, and I've got some principles here. There's there's more. Um, I'm sure. And, and my experience is a white-collar one, but I think this is relevant for probably all sorts of things. But th- there's some things I've learned, and before we get into the principles, just a couple of things here, um, just to kind of level set us. So um, this, was a, this took me a while to understand that ministry, and, and, and no offense to you guys, ministry is serving God. There's a, there's a, I think when I came into the church, there was a lot of like, you've got to be in the full-time ministry. You do your, jo- you do your work thing, And then maybe someday, when when you're ready, God calls you out. Uh, This always really um, kind of confused me. And I started to look at it, and, you know, actually the priestly class was always less than 10% of the population. In all likelihood, statistically speaking, um, most of you will not be in full-time ministry. That does not mean that you're not in ministry. It just means you might not be in a certain kind of ministry. So it really changed my mindset that actually my job was my ministry field. Um, it's pretty good. You're in good company. Uh, Joseph is a good example. Um, Daniel, great example. Moses, Cornelius, Paul. Paul's a little bit of a stretch, but he was a tent maker, so I'm taking it. Um, but the, uh, um, the point is here is that, you know, if you're in the workplace, you shouldn't feel... You, mean you need to seek God out on this. But for me... Yeah, I understand. I'm this rough kid from Worcester. I'm going to church. Um, I'm highly competitive, like crazy competitive. I hate to lose. I've gotten mellowed over time, but I'm so I was that guy, the first vineyard um, summer outing. I was the guy that sent the catcher on the softball team to the emergency room because I ran him over. <laughs> and you know, they asked me, like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, he was blocking the plate. Well, where I grew up, it was like, "What's wrong with him?" You're asking me, "What's wrong with me?" What's wrong with him? So, you know, so, um, you know and I, I, when I first got saved, it was I was, you know, like maybe I need to buy some cashmere sweaters or something. I got to tone this, I got to tone this whole thing down, you know. I got to, I, I, I've got to really, um, I've got to really mellow out. And I, I remember it was so liberating when I finally felt like God, God said, and Kathy would say, "You know, be who you are." Be who you are, and what I felt called to do, and I loved, was compete and compete in the marketplace, and I love being around people that are like that, um, and I don't think there's anything that I mean. There, there's this, we talk about this thing about meekness. Meekness is just strength restrained. It doesn't mean you're weak at all. And it's, I've I have I have really plumbed the depths of this over time. So you know, again, I think you know, I've there was a time when this was really a big issue. I think it's gotten better. Um, but I've always, you know, ministry is, is where God, God may very well have you right where you need to be. And you're like, well, I just got to bide my time. And that may, not, that may not be it at all. So we are all jars of clay. Um, got this great passage from Isaiah. I was really fortunate to understand this. Um, as I mentioned, when I came into the workplace, I really was kind of an empty vessel. I knew it. I knew I had nothing to offer. I just knew that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this weak, broken guy, and if God doesn't really sort of sort this out, I'm I'm lost. And so I was very dependent on Him, and that's important to know um, because God is concerned about the commercial marketplace. He is concerned uh, about how we do in that. It's a really, it's a necessary and and really important spirit-filled calling. But the marketplace is not the same as God. It's not the same way God does things. So you have to understand that you are, by kind of definition, countercultural, right? Um, you, you, you will not sort of flow the same way that they do. It's it just, it's just um, you know, the, the, the marketplace is all about self-made men. There aren't any self-made men in the kingdom of God. There aren't. Um, it's all about, you know, having confidence, seizing the day. It's, this is not how God does things. It's all about being close to him, letting him seize the day. So it's, you, you need to understand this. And so whenever you go into marketplace, you'll be trained. A lot of these corporate programs, you'll be trained, you'll be encouraged to go to pursue a certain identity and a certain values and mindset, which is not, you, you need to understand this. It is not the way God does things. I was very fortunate to have some very, um, it's, it's, I don't know what this means, but my first... Five managers in the marketplace were all women. So uh, I think that was very helpful. Just a shout out to the ladies out there. They seem to get. (laughs) Okay, so we we, um we really need to approach this. I mean, you really need to. And there's a lot. The Bible says a lot about all these things. You really need to kind of approach this um, biblically and with humility. It's really, um, really, really important. Um. Pride must die in us or, or, or uh, in you, or nothing in heaven can live, with, live in you. Um, who's heard of uh, the book Humility by Andrew Murray? Okay, it's a, it's a little tiny book. Uh, you could read it in an afternoon. I read it every, every year or two. Uh, I strongly recommend you get it. You, you can read it in a couple of hours. It is um, profound. And uh, this idea of, of humility is really important to God. Um, it really is something that we need to, uh, to embrace I was. Um, I he's. I I have always embraced it, and I've always felt like I've I've owned it. But there have been times when clearly he's had to bring me, bring me back, um, bring me back to um, home. I recall uh, not that long ago, about five years ago, my company came to me, and at that point I was running a single marketing part of one organization amongst uh, several. And my boss came to me and said, or actually my boss's boss and said, hey. We're going to combine everything. We're going to combine all the marketing organizations. So I need you and your peer, this guy who was actually a pretty good friend of mine, and a couple other, and some other people. But you and he, you need to go into a room in secret, and you need to organize a brand-new marketing organization. You need to pick all the people that are going to be in it. And, and at the top of that, that organizational chart, we're not going to tell you who gets the job. Somebody else will deal with that. And when you're all done, uh, we'll tell you which one of you gets it. Little corporate version of, of Survivor Island, and uh, I mean, and that's a story for another day. But that was profound. I saw God move that way. I saw things happen in that. I mean, it's really intense. It took four months. Every you know, every morning at like seven o'clock in the morning, we're all meeting in secret in this conference room. And um, long story short, I get the job. Right? Again, I told you I'm competitive. Uh, so I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm saying well yeah I'm still humble about it, but now I'm now I'm the I'm the guy. And um, I have to go to um, – ben, Benjamin was an intern uh, at this point. We have to go and present to roughly about um, the new global organization. It's about 400 to 500 people in our new organization, um, half of them in a room, big room, and half of them on video from all over the world, India, Asia, Europe. And I have a little – I'm on a panel, and they're, they're, you know it's like, hey – new guy, what do you, what do you want to, what do you, what do you, what's your plans? What do you want to do? I open my mouth and my mind goes completely blank. I mean, nothing, nothing at all. And I'm, I remember looking at the, uh, the chief operating officers looking at me like, you okay? And um, I, I just string together like four, you know, four or five sentences of complete jargony, you know. Nonsense, right? You know, we're gonna leverage and synergy, and it's gonna be great. And I'm like, yes, you know. Next, you know, move on. And um, I come out of there, and I go back to my office. I and mean, even Ben was like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and uh, I was like, and I, I go up to my office. You know, I'm like, what, what was that? And he's like, "I did that to you." God tells me, I did that to you. He said, and you can thank me now. And um, I was like, you know, I'll tell you. Pride is a pretty, God resists the proud. Uh, pride is like uh, it's the t- toxin. It's poison. You, you know, embrace humility. Or, or if depending where you're at, he will humiliate you. That's kind of the bargain I always have. Is like I will humble myself so long as you don't humiliate me. <laughs> you know, and even sometimes I feel at times he's like, well, would you let me humiliate you? I'm like, yeah. Um, but it's uh, you know, pride is a big deal for with God. It's it's uh, he resists the proud and. It's just something that you, it needs to be so foundational to what you do. Okay, mammon versus God's economy—they are not the same. Okay, this is something you really got to get um, your, your arms around. You know, the, mammon is a preoccupation with wealth, and here's the you know the classic um, uh, Luke Luke chapter here, um, Luke verse, that you know it's 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 accumulating things. You, you really need to hold things um, loosely when we spoke, Kathy, Kathy explained a little bit when she spoke about Mother Teresa, a little about our experiences with finances. Um, I guess I'm fortunate that I, was, I grew up in a family where, you know, I always felt like I had plenty of stuff, even though we weren't at all wealthy. I, you know, it, it, I've never cared about money. And, um, but God needs it, right? So to the extent that you don't let it hold you and you just hold it, he'll give you more to hold. I can tell you that for a fact. If, trust, if you're trustworthy and, and, and you can, can be used as a conduit for him to do what he wants to do, you have no idea what he'll do through you. But that's just it. It's like, I don't need it. I'm just here to pass it on. I'm just here to pass it on. But in, 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 in the world economy, that is not how it goes. You know that. I mean, we all know that. It's how much stuff you have. What, you know, so you have to understand it's what, what, that you have, God's economy is different. We're all just there to pass it on. And I just love this verse. This is, I think, my, probably my favorite Bible verse of all time. That, that God just, you know, just provides for us. He just provides for us. You know, and, and I, I um, you know, I, I think I probably pray this this prayer all the time. I'm so thankful for all he's given me. But, like, you know, take it. You know, you can take it all. I, I'd still, I'd still trust you. I, You know, we'll see when that day comes. And I think it will come. Um, uh that you know, do you trust him? To, to, to really have your heart in a place where he could take everything from you because he wants to. Or the way I'd like to think about it is like because you would let him. You would, you know, it's really a, a, an opportunity to say, I don't, I'm not holding this tight. I'm just here to be a good steward. Doesn't mean that, you know, he can't use you and you shouldn't pursue excellence and you shouldn't be trying to gather, gather assets for his kingdom. It's all, But it's all based on a connection with him. Okay. So we good there? All right. So, um, here, I've got, just came up with these five principles, but um, here's probably the most important one. If you take anything away today, it's, that it's, it's not about you. It's about him. It's always about him. Now, this is a believer's way of looking at things, right? So this would be complete insanity for someone that isn't a believer. Um, but if you are... If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, if that is the, the, you, you claim him as Lord and Savior, it's about him. It's about him. That's, that's what you need to understand in, when you're in the marketplace. That it's, that, you know, because it's always going to be, what about my career? Well, I got news for you. It's not your career. It's his career. Um, your work is not off limits. I've seen a lot of people treat it like, oh, you know, this is where I go and get my money so I can go and do my things. Really doesn't work that way. It's not off limits. It's the same thing as your body, your prayer life, your relationship. Uh, he wants everything. It's so offensive. It's so offensive to our minds, right? So I remember you read, the, you read, you see in, in the book of Revelations, they're throwing those crowns at his feet, and they're saying, "You're worthy, worthy, wor- worthship, you know, worthy worship." It's you are worthy, you are worthy. It is so offensive. You know who is? You know, I was like, who does this guy think he is? That he wants everything. It's all—it's all a farce unless it's true, right? It's all—you know—it's all a farce unless he really is worth it. So if you've—if you've gone and made that commitment, and you're like, "We come here every week, and we raise our hands, and we sing the songs," but do you mean it? And does it cover all things? Because it includes your job, it includes your career. And if you're going, to, you're going to, I call it corporate worship, you know, corporate. Um, it's, it's how are you going to give your life through this thing? It's where you spend the majority of your time, most of us. It can't be a sidelight. says, you know, this book in Deuteronomy, um, verse in Deuteronomy, about loving the Lord with all your strength. That Hebrew word is actually, um, it's got a number of translations, but one of them I like is muchness. All your muchness everything you have. Everything. Everything. Your money, your time, your energy. Um, the workplace is not exempt from these things. In fact, I would again, I would submit to you, it's, it's considering how much time we spend there, it's the place you really need to be kind of zeroed in on. And this last one from Isaiah. You know, and again, offensive, but you need to understand it. He's a jealous God. I heard someone say, Oprah said, I don't want to be part of some jealous guy. That sounds like a codependent, destructive relationship. If you've been in a relationship with God, you know how affirming and, 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 how, and how wonderful it is. And, and I can tell you from my experience how much it will lift you up and move you on and take you to places and change you and make you into the person you never thought you could be. And he'll take care of you. But understand, he wants it all. It is offensive. You, you, you need to get that in, in, in your head. He wants it all. He wants it all. And he's worth it all. He's worth it all. Okay, principle two. Am I doing for time? okay. This is this this is a big one. That um, your ability to operate in the marketplace is directly correlated with your ability to spend time with God. Okay, it it's um, where I have struggled in my career is when I haven't been able to do this. Now I have weeks, you know, I'm where where I'm, you know, I might have I have days where I have eight to ten hours of meetings back to back. They might start at seven. I might be on the phone with someone in Asia at night um, where I just feel like I'm on a treadmill. And I have to fight. I have to fight for that time. And the grace God gives us when we're in that mode is amazing. I remember having someone like my car is my little four-wheel sanctuary I completely pimped out with great tunes and um, you know I said when I was telling Daryl sitting in the passenger side is a little bit like getting a massage um, but I've been I have been doing this for as long as I've been doing my, my my job that is my time in my car and I remember someone saying well that is not legitimate you need to be on your knees you know in a closet literally I'm like you know well, be quiet Okay, so I give I, I you know what, what give you freedom what works for you, but find something, because if you don't do it, this is where you burn out. Okay, this is where the pride sneaks in. I'll just gut my way through it. Won't work. It will not work. You will burn out. You will have anxiety. You must bring him to work every day. Okay? It's um, and he'll come. He will come. I, have this, I had this experience um, about seven or eight years ago. Uh, my firm, uh, we, we got ourselves in some trouble, and uh, big trouble, and uh, we were looking at um, uh, several different um, governments around the world were probably going to fine and, and, uh, and probably uh, put us in the penalty box for a little while, and this was all coming to light. We had made some bad decisions. I remember being in the 35th floor of our, our office overlooking Boston Harbor and um, being in a boardroom with a bunch of people and people are freaking out. Okay? In these situations, people lose their jobs. Uh, and People in that room did lose their jobs and I'm sitting here, okay, I've got four kids in college. Okay? It's hard to do, but when you have uh, my two oldest sons, their sort of um, creative approach to higher education, it's not impossible. You can have four kids in college. And um, at this time, and I remember I'm sitting there, and where everybody is so wound up. And we're like, well, what are we going to do? And people are you know, you know, starting to get loud, and, and I'm looking out over the harbor, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just falls on me. It's like that feeling, who knows, it's like a warm bathrobe coming out. You know what I'm talking about? Right? He just kind of comes on me, and of course I know that God loves me so much, and He cares, and He's He's so patient with me. I, I know I, he, I know He finds me amusing, um, but my first reaction was like, "Hey, I got to listen to this." I got, I'm, I'm like talking to God, like, "Hey, not now. <laughs> this is important. I got to listen to this," and uh, He just, all of a sudden, I can't hear anything, and their mouths are, you know, just going, and. I'm looking out over the harbor, and the sun's out there, and he just keeps saying, I am bigger than this. I am bigger than this. I am bigger than this. And it's just like, oh, you are. This, you know, this too shall pass. And um, so honestly, over the time, and all the things I've kind of been through, nothing really rattles me anymore. I think sometimes I feel bad, like I've got to try to be upset. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't. Because um, I, I mean, I really own, I own, I own that. I understand that. That, that he's sufficient. He is sufficient. So, but, but you don't get there without, I mean, I'm, I've, there are times I'm like, I miss you. That's, that's the, the, the thing you have to have in your heart. You have to make a commitment to this. You have to have a legitimate, intimate relationship with God. This is one of the things that Kathy and I love about being here, is that this whole thing came out of prayer. It's really hard to do it the other way around. You can't work your way into it. You have to legitimately have this 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 dialogue and this flow where he can be with you in the moment, in the rhythm, in the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys of life. Um, Brother Lawrence, anyone hear of him? Okay, another small book, um, Practicing the Presence of God. Uh, Brother Lawrence was a dishwasher uh, in a monastery. He was a monk. He... Um, he wrote this little book, again, kind of like the Andrew Murray book. This little book uh, about how he found God in the everyday uh, parts of his work life, and it's, uh, it's again pretty profound. I would, I recommend again another another short book you can read in an afternoon, will really give you a good, good grip on, on um, this 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 principle. Principle three: um, a biblical worldview is not common or well understood. Be prepared to be misunderstood and challenged, but be real. Um, I'll just put these out there. You know, this this idea of, of knowing, knowing the word, knowing um, your Bible. I can tell you that uh, I've, I work with a lot of salespeople, and uh, it's a large organization. Um, I spend a lot of time in bars, believe it or not, and that's kind of how we socialize. We go out. And I've, I've seen some horrible things where um, uh, one in particular I'll just, just throw out there was a guy who had graduated from a Christian college who was uh, talking the talk but not walking the walk. And I can only describe it as almost like a kind of a spiritual encounter where um, he said something and somebody who was a guy I knew who, you know, might have, might have had some, some help in the process. So, you know, he was being borderline demonized, con- con- confronted him. Confronted him and challenged him on what he said, which was a um, some sort of biblical principle, and he couldn't he couldn't defend himself, and he had not walked with integrity, and everyone knew this, and this other guy just tore him down, and he did it in front of about a couple of dozen of young people, men and women, you know, in their twenties, that were impressionable, that were in, you know, this guy had an opportunity to witness. To be real, to be salt, and to be light. And instead, he, he, he took the kingdom backwards. I mean, it was sad. And I've seen this over and over again. So if you're going to go into this particular mission field, you better know your stuff, okay? And you, you better really, really know it. You should challenge. I mean, I've always encouraged my kids. You need to challenge your faith. You need to challenge your faith every which way till Tuesday, upside down. If you really believe that your life, up to giving your life, is worth giving to that man who you say he's worth it, you are crazy not to. You are crazy not to. You need to look at all the ways that people look look at you, and you need to own it, wrestle, it, and, and you need to come out the other side and say yes. I might not be able to explain everything, but I know what I know. And I will be real. The other kind of pet peeve of mine is, um, and just again, we would have people in in the office, and they'd say, you know, so and so is is a uh, is not a. It's not a very good, um, not a very good worker, and then somebody like oh, I know this. I know this lady from church, and I go see her. I'm like, you know, you know, people just talk about you like you're a complete, you know, uh, slug. What's what's going on? I mean, you, you know, people don't respect you. Oh, you know, it's the prayer chain. I'm I'm talking to people from church. People need my help. i um, they need my counseling. I'm like, listen, there's a time for that. When you're in the workplace, that's not the time for that. Okay, you are meant to be a witness of Christ. And part of that is being excellent at what you do. So you need to understand, you know, this, 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 it's not okay. Well, it's okay. I'm serving God. No, no. You're actually defaming God. So this is this, this, kind of this mature, these signs of just kind of understanding and owning these things. Principle four this is a hard one, real hard one. God's kingdom is one of authority. Um, your boss is always a divine appointment, okay? I'd like to say that you could ignore this one, um, but if you look, it's pretty clear. Um, I will note that this is not a qualified one, right? It does not depend on how nice or, um, or reasonable your boss is. Uh, you know, he might be completely unreasonable. He might be a complete taskmaster, doesn't matter your job. I mean, this guy, Jack Frost, who I like, he's, he's since passed away, but he has some great teachings about um, uh, uh, father father relationships. And, and, and one of the things he talks about of being um, submitted to authority, actually the way it translated is being underneath and pushing up. So as, as, a, as a professional in, in the marketplace and as a Christian, your job is to make your boss look good. That is part of your mandate. Again, doesn't mean he deserves it. Doesn't mean he won't take the credit. Doesn't mean he won't steal the credit. <laughs> that that happens. I'm not I'm not sugarcoating this at all. It's just, but it is what it is. I'm, I have a boss who is is a real handful, and I will tell you that this can be really transforming. We are like the two most different people on the face of the earth. We are so different. We think differently, and he challenges me constantly, which I need. And a lot of other people in my career that I've worked for haven't done it. And I don't always like the way it feels, but it makes me better, and so I, I, I've embraced that. And I've had a real heart for him, and you know, he, 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 and I now have a personal relationship. We have a good personal relationship. I'm able to talk to him. I've been able to witness to all sorts of people over the years, and they say, "You're, you're different." I am different. You know, I'm I'm a Christian. Oh, that's like you know but you don't live in a trailer home. You know, you, don't, you, know, you're, you're, you, know, you seem relatively intelligent. I mean, I'm, I deal with, I'm like probably a lot of you, I deal with a lot of Ivy League educated people. It's like mythology to them. Really, you? Why? Aren't those the people kind of ruining the world? Like, well, no, let me tell you about, you know, let me, you really want to know? I mean, I've given the book, uh, Mere Christianity, which is a great per- book for uh, C.S. Lewis, for people that are kind of brainy. Um, but this, you know, this idea of, of, your, of, your, of, of ministering to your boss, it's huge. The key thing here I would just say is that the, the place where this really gets tricky is gossip. Okay. So, hey, we all need to vent. And especially if you're in a position of leadership and your boss is driving you nuts, which they will do. Um, it's sort of almost by, by definition. Um, You've got to be really careful what you say. Okay. It doesn't mean you can't go to God and say, he's driving me nuts. But you shouldn't be at lunch telling people he's a nutcase. He's driving me nuts. He's he's this. He's that. You know, that's 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 a sin. That's a sin. That's uh, you know, gossip is uh, right up there with pride. It, it just it, it just is. I mean, I as someone who manages lots of people, gossip is is a it's a poison in the system. So you need to be particularly sensitive about staying away from gossip. The last principle and. and um, it can be really messy so be, I mean, like i 'm in a wall Street firm right as i say mammon incorporated uh, it's it's i 've seen cre- cr- really good things there and i 've seen really bad things i 've seen greed at a level which is hard really hard to get your head around um, i 've seen uh, dishonesty but i 've also seen people come up through my group that have gotten married. Um, had children, uh, I've, I've witnessed to some people, I've seen God bless us I've, God has allowed us to do other things it's, it's really messy and you have to sort of uh, I think it's just, this chapter um, about the, the weed and the tears you, you, you need to understand that in all likelihood, depending where you are, yeah, we all can pray for this and maybe for revival it happens but maybe someday you know, there is this revival that sweeps across the marketplace and your entire company gets saved there hasn't been a lot of examples of that, right? My company is you know, 35,000 people. That'd be quite a move. Um, so you, you need to sort of say, okay, well, what happens if that doesn't happen? What happens if I don't have a revival breakout in my group? Just understand. It might be, you might be watching the weed and the tears grow up. The wheat, <laughs> the wheat and the tears grow up. You, you'd be seeing them they both come up together. It's important to, 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 to understand that. To not beat yourself up like, oh, you know, I'm not changing the world. That's God's job. Be salt and light. Be effective. Be committed to where you're at, and do what you can. That's what He calls you to do. And that, you know, it's 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 hard. It's hard, but it builds perseverance. It builds. It. it, it you know. You don't want to be. In, I mean, I don't want to be in a bubble. I don't. I get the sense people here don't want to be in a bubble. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think we're planning on becoming a cult, are we? No. Um, so, as far as you know, yeah. um, you know, we. I mean, really, the church needs to be out there. We need to be out there. Um, we need to be real. And if you kind of understand these things in the marketplace, I think it really helps ground you, and it allows you to have that joy, to have that energy, and and to be able to move on with God and let Him do things in you. Again, we all hope for bigger things. I mean, it would be great—you know—it'd be great if I had revival breakout in my company, and I and I still pray for that. But I I, I can't go and say, "Well, I'm not doing anything until it happens." That's not the answer. You want to be positioned. You want to have integrity. You want to have credibility. When it happens. So I'll just wrap up on a couple of things here. Um, if you are like I know we have a marketplace group here. Um, If you're, this always amazes me, you know, um, we had this great, we had this great, I always, I run into people from Wall Street that, you know, like I'll run into Christians that work in these places like, oh my goodness, you're one too? You know, uh, (laughs) but God always has his remnant. God, I've seen this over and over and over again. And we have this, um, we have this great, uh, we have this internal uh, social media application called collaborate where everyone in the company can kind of talk to each other and there's a bible study group on and there was um this woman from poland was on and she was new and she was doing like the um the elijah jeremiah whining uh, you know she she posts to the people she's thinking this is all going to the people in boston to the because that's where the biggest uh, bible study group is because we're headquartered in boston and It was like oh you know i'm setting my face like flint i'm all alone here in our office in Warsaw, and um, her name was Agnes. And oh, how I wish that there were, you know, that I could be strengthened. You know, it was, it was really like, oh, I'm all, you know, I've been parachuted behind enemy lines, and and uh, I'm holding down the fort. And all of a sudden, I was sitting there watching this, and, you know, it's, it's social media, so people can just so like ping, 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 and all of a sudden, like, somebody comes on, hey, Agnes, uh, we actually have a Bible study here. Um, ping, yeah, you know, we got a, we got a prayer meeting uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, you know, we meet at lunch all then, Ping, hey, you know, we, we really need some help with the Easter service. You think you could help us out? You know, you know and it's just like, ah, uh, you know. Um, the, the, so there is always a remnant. And um, even if you find one person in your community Actually, what's really ironic is that um, the guy that I mentioned that really kind of came unhinged, uh, the Christian, I had been asking him for years, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's you and I pray. I'll lift you up, you lift me up. And he just wasn't interested. in. um, I think he regrets that now. Uh, But, you know, this this idea of being in a community praying for each other. Uh, Know your Bible. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. Um, There are a lot of crazy ideas out there. People are going, I mean, there's, there's a, and, and it's, there are a lot of people that are trying to sort of bring the world into the biblical view. And I, I know, I know you know this, but there's a lot of people in, in particular that, you know, like the health and, uh, health and wealth, you know, the guy that was praying for a private jet, you know, he's believing God for a private jet. Um, there's a, a lot of this stuff going on. You really need to know your Bible. Okay. God is, you know. I'm not going to say God's not a capitalist, but the, the, that's not his system. I remember um, I was, years ago, Kathy and I were part of a church plant, we, uh, and I was on a plane somewhere, and this guy had given me this book, Blue Ocean, which is this really interesting book about uh, the way people... It's a consulting book, okay? but it's not the Bible, right? And I'm reading this thing, and I'm getting all excited. I'm like, oh, we're going to use this in the church plant. You know, again, God finds me amusing and uh, just kind of broke in. He's like, put the book down. You know, get the other book, you know, the, the leather one. That, I, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm not, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah, of course it is. It's, it's, it's fun. No, God comes and moves through prayer so that you need to know the Bible you need to know what the Bible says it, you, know, you should be reading the Bible as much as you read other things but there's, there's, there's no all these self-help books and other things the Bible you really need to know your Bible um, check your religious sp- spirit and manage your anger uh, you know it's kind of like that like I mentioned the woman who was always on the prayer chain and never at work uh, people who, who lose their cool um, again and meekness is strength restrained that's uh, not weakness. You, know, you can't, you know, spe- being self-righteous and, and not always approaching things with gentleness and humility, which is hard, and I've had to learn this. Again, going back to that kind of rough-around-the-edges um, person, God has honed me down over the years uh, like a sovereign sandblaster, and I haven't always liked the way it's worked or felt, but I appreciate it. And um, I think now I'm much calmer, than, than I used to be. I still like the fact that I can, uh, you know, I remember one time praying and say, God, you know, what's wrong with me? It's not that I don't mind fighting. I like it. You know? It's like, well, he's like, no, that's good. I mean, that's part of you. That's part of how I made you, but we gotta, you know, we gotta get some of those rough edges. We gotta get some of those rough edges off. And I mean, I'm sure when I was a new Christian, I was obnoxious, just completely obnoxious. Um, it's only been when I first got saved you know, I'm, I've always been kind of a reader right um, God would not allow me to look at anything that was the, theological it's only been uh, for the first 20 years of my walk he just told me don't even go there just you and I you and I and I knew and I look back now that if I had some of these sort of heady things I, I would have been just a handful uh, people would have been running from me um, <laughs> Um, know where your red lines are i think this is one that's um uh, uh, i think about a lot today right Um, we're getting to a point in time where uh you're gonna need we're gonna need to stand our ground and um better to know them now better to know where you stand now take the time understand where they are i was talking to a guy named bob frazier who's a guy who's done a lot of great work in the marketplace Uh, he's out in kansas city and um was talking to him and, and I had made some mistakes and I was beating myself up and he's like hey get over yourself I said what's the worst thing that can happen to you you get fired I'm like ah <laughs> he's like no he said seriously do you believe it do you believe he's bigger than all this I mean will will you stand will you stand we know that a lot of people won't so it's important for you in the marketplace to know if you get to that red line you're like listen I can't, I can't. and I tell you I've been really fortunate um I think it's because my company is on all sides of all things. You know, so it's not like, well, we're not anti-anything. <laughs> anything goes here. Uh, so there is a big Christian Bible study group. There's also a big Muslim group. There's also a big gay lesbian group. There's you know I guess whatever group you wanted, we'd have. Um, and they don't really, I, I, I look at this, they don't really prefer any of them. So I'm like, all right, well, this is okay. But if there comes a time where I feel like I've got to make a stand, I have to be prepared, as you do, to suffer the consequences and it's all about an eternal kingdom it's all about eternal rewards in heaven and that's just you know the, i don't think i need to tell this crowd this this too much but pray 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 and pray some more that is the key that is the thing that will break that bring you through that is the thing that'll pick you up that is how this will work well and thank him for, you know, if you are in the workplace, you know, really start to embrace that as an opportunity and as an invitation to be used by Him in a way. And maybe you all get this, but if you don't, I mean, go back and replay the tape and make, see if He's not inviting you and that maybe this is your calling in life. This is the place you've been made for. And if you've always wondered about it, like, oh, you know, I'm just doing this for some time and then I'm going to do something else. I challenge you. Take a, take a closer look at that. And thank him for the opportunities he gives you, no matter where it is. I mean, God needs people in Nigeria, right? Hard place to go, right? And other parts of the world that are challenging, right? God needs people in the registry of motor vehicles. You tell me which one's harder. <laughs> right? And seriously, God needs people in Walmart. God needs people in Wall Street. Right? So... I'm going to end there. If um, if anybody I'll be I'll be around if anybody feels like this has resonated with them and they want to come up, I'll pray I'll pray with you and for you and, and anything else. You... you guys can clap if you want. <laughs> yeah. You can sit. i It's been so blessed to have Gary and Mondua last week. Hey, listen, if you weren't here last.